and welcome in to the Subconscious Mind Mastery Podcast. Thomas Miller back with a kind of a sequel. We're going to pick up on what we were talking about in the last podcast about healing our inner wounds. So this has come from some of the Facebook responses of why people want to join something called the Subconscious Mind Mastery Podcast listeners on Facebook. And with those questions that are there at the top, why would somebody want to be a part of such a group? This is was the runaway number one reason was to heal childhood wounds. I'll tell you, this is opening up kind of a um, Pandora's box, if you will, of, <laughs> of stuff for me because that conversation that I told you about in the last podcast with a friend and uh, also a podcast listener has unleashed a few other things because he shared something with me that has been meaningful to him in his recent past. And I was listening to this concept and I thought, oh, this is really interesting. So I started playing with it. And what it is, is instead of just kind of thinking like our inner composition of being just our, let's say our ego self, our monkey mind, our, our conscious mind, whatever we want to call it, and not in a negative sense. I keep saying this. it's not in a negative sense. That monkey mind is what makes us us. It's what gives us direction. It's what helps us figure out the instructions without reading them. I mean, it's all there, right? So we have to have our conscious mind. That's who we are. And then we have our subconscious mind. And, of course, that's the part of us that we're really familiar with from listening to this podcast. But let's slice and dice that a little more because what I've come up with on this is there are pockets of us that resist some of the healing that we're trying to do out of skepticism. So let's break this down even more. And I'll tell you the story that kind of started all of this is for a while, I had this feeling, this sinking feeling around my future, security, finances, health. I don't know, just something about, and maybe it's a concern that all of us feel when we hit this phase in our lives of knowing that we have fewer work years ahead of us and what that looks like on the other side. So I was having this angst around this. So I used this concept and discovered some really incredible stuff. So here are the parts of us. I'm going to say six. And this is in the concept of our team. This is our team that whenever we try to do something, whenever we try to shift a belief, a behavior, whenever we try to bring something in, whenever we want to create a job, whenever we want to change a circumstance, etc., heal and heal a disease, whatever it is, this is the team that is either working with us, for us, or against us. So let's consider these as individual parts. We'll break them down, and then we'll continue the story and see how this unfolds. So first is the inner child, then our emotional body, our physical body, past events stored inside, our conscious mind, and our subconscious mind. Okay, so let's break these down. First of all, the inner child. Obviously, we kind of know 
what that is. But let's just think about this. It's our hopes and dreams. It's that part of us that has always just wanted to play. The factor of innocence, of hope, of a bright desire for the future, for the simplicity of life, for the desire to live for the desire to grow up healthy and free, to go run and play and just be a kid. And, of course, that inner child gets wounded. The second part is let's consider our emotional body. In astrology, this would be called our water, right? It's our emotions. It's the feeling part of us. It's that part of us that gets hurt. It's that part that we feel when we have an emotion, like fear or anger or greed or whatever it is. It's that emotional part that is starved for attention, like we were talking about last time, that part that needs and wants recognition but often doesn't get it. It is our feeling self. And then the third is past events. Now, this would be certainly part of or a team member that our subconscious works with very closely. This is the part of us that retains the memories from the past. It is like a storage vault. (laughs) Things go in, they never come out. It is that part of us that our conscious mind or our monkey mind self accesses when it needs to prove a point that it needs to pull something out from the past And it needs to remind us of our failures and the unlikelihood of our success in the future. See, this is the struggle. This this goes way back to even the Bridgekeeper conversations in some of the very early podcasts. This is part of that vault that the Bridgekeeper draws from. And it is very significant because it cannot see around any corners It has a fixed position on only what has happened in the past. So obviously, as the hurts accumulate, those are stored. And for a lot of us, we have more hurt deposits in our vault than we do happy memories in our vault. And that's a sad condition, but a very real one, and often one that keeps us from moving forward. Now, we've just talked about the three, the inner child, the emotional body, and the past events. Those are stored in our consciousness. Now, let's talk about actual components of our composition. So, the first is our physical body. Now, if you don't think that we don't have storage of pain in our body... In our physical body, our flesh and bones and muscle mass and cellular material, think again. Everything is energy, and those cells respond to that negative energy exactly like they would anything else. So, pleasure and pain both affect our physical body. I do think that it is stronger with the negative emotions. And it is why things like stress and difficulty and challenge cause things like heart disease and cancer. So when we're talking about this team that we have to pull together in order to affect change, we definitely, absolutely, our physical body has a seat at this table. 
Now, another is our conscious mind. Okay, that's the monkey mind, the ego self. And again, like we said, not in a bad way. But this conscious mind is the alpha dog of the six. It wants to run the show. It wants to be the chatterbox. It wants to dominate the conversations. I've used this a lot where you think about the conscious mind and the subconscious mind that we're going to talk about next. That when the subconscious mind, that little still, small voice of intuition comes around, that the conscious mind literally wants to snuff it out. Think of the whack-a-mole, you know, the whack-a-mole game. I mean, the conscious mind is standing over that poor little thing that wants to pop out, just hammering it with a hammer going, shut up, I've got this, I'm in control here, you just go back in your box. Because it wants to run and dominate the show. So when something comes up from the quiet little self inside, the conscious mind drawing from that vault of past memory often snuffs it right on out. We don't even know it. Then the last of these bodies is obviously the subconscious mind or our connection with our higher self. We're kind of wrapping all this up into one. But this is the part of us that can see around the corner. And they've already measured, and the numbers that I see on this are different, but it's like a fraction of a second that the unconscious part of us can respond to incoming stimuli that the conscious is not yet aware of up to almost a second in advance. I've seen different numbers. Some might even argue longer, but let's just say it is ahead of our physical response. It sees around the corner. So when I feel an angst around potential threat of future developments, this is the part that is saying, warning, danger ahead. And this is that part of our team, that part of us that is that still, small, quiet voice. This is that part that I worked so hard in Aspen on the hiking trails to get it to be the primary, louder voice of the two. I actually asked my conscious mind if it would be willing to become subservient to the subconscious mind on an ongoing basis so that the subconscious mind had the bigger voice in the moment And then the agreement with the conscious mind was that once the subconscious showed the direction or gave the prompt, then conscious mind now will get engaged on getting moving in that direction. But we're going to follow the directions of the subconscious and tune into it all the time. And that was a big shift. And that was the shift that took almost a year and a half to really effectively work out. Now, let's bring it forward, and there is also one other ingredient that we're going to slip in here, too. So don't go away. There's one other piece to this. But here's what we're going to do is slip back to the story of the consternation around the future. I have a deck of cards that I've been using for a while. It's called the Lenormand deck, and I got it out. In fact, it called to me, and that's usually when I get it out. I usually don't go to it until it says, ah, there's a message for you. It's kind of like the old AOL, you have mail. From the universe. So I did the deck, and usually, kind of, my pattern is three cards is usually enough. And I just go until, again, the feeling says that's all there is for you for this message. And the very first card 
was the snake. And the snake indicates problems, troubles, deceptions, difficulties. But in the interpretation book that I use of it, it said that the snake can easily be lifted up and out of the path. I was like, oh, yes, okay, good. And the other two cards were favorable cards. So it was like there's this snake in the path that needs to be lifted up and out of the way. And that is exactly what the team, my whole construct of inner child, emotional body, physical body, past events, conscious mind, and subconscious. Well, not conscious mind. We'll leave that one aside. Conscious mind was locking onto it. Oh, it was locking onto it. So if I hadn't recognized the feeling and even then recognized the snake, then I wouldn't be in the position to move the snake out of the way. This is one of the key tenets that I've learned from Fred Dodson is when you have something like that that comes across your way, to not get upset and worked up about it. Acknowledge it. Let it be in the space. Because when you allow that difficulty, so now just going back to the team and saying, ah, I recognize that you were looking around the corner, you saw something you didn't like, and we need to collectively work together to address it. That's all that's going on here. But I guarantee you there was a time that I would have seen that snake card and literally just freaked out, would have sent me over the top. So now it's just a matter of being present to it to say, ah, okay, well, we're going to neutralize this. We are going to move the snake out of the way and not being worked up that it's even there. And You know, when you can look back on your past and know how you would have responded to something in the past and know now that you don't respond that way, give yourself a massive celebration because that is Huge progress. You are doing the work and it's sticking in your life. It's a beautiful breakthrough. Definitely one that should be celebrated. So what I did next is I sat down in my little quiet spot and I started to have a conversation with my team. And I asked, I, I, I basically asked a question like, okay, so let's think about the future. Let's think about the years when Income generation may not be possible for various reasons due to health, due to economic circumstances, whatever. Whatever is out there, whatever's around the corner, whatever the snake is, let's just consider that. And I mean, there was turmoil and angst inside of moi. I could feel it. I could feel the tension between the creating side and the sides that were looking around here and seeing something they didn't like. So I rallied the team and I called them together. I said, okay, look, we've all got to get on the same page. And I went through each one, inner child, tell me what's going on. And it traced things back to fear from the, from the childhood. Emotional body, what are you feeling? Past failures. Physical body, what are you feeling? Tension. Where? <laughs> Heart. Rut-row. Past events, well, it's kind of back to the bridge keeper conversation, stacking up the failures. Conscious mind, ah, now see, this is where it got different. 
we can work around this. We can move the snake. We can use all of the stuff you've learned. We can do the new work and create something different. And subconscious mind, just waiting for instructions. (laughs) Just waiting for instructions. So what I did then was to create something different as a possibility. I got this from that Secret Science of Getting Rich audio program. Michael Beckwith told a story about when they were trying to get his Agape Church building built. They were up against the gun. The construction team needed more money. The church didn't have more money. The bank had the loan, but they hadn't processed it yet. And he called his board together and he just said, I don't want any. He actually said he propped a chair up against the the knob of the door of the conference room where they were meeting. And he said, I don't want anybody to leave this room until we can all agree that getting this money is possible. He said, I don't know how we're going to get it. We're up against delays. The construction project is in jeopardy. It's not looking good but I want everybody to agree that it is possible. And they all eventually did. And basically what happened is within 48 hours, they had the money. The man who ran the bank or the manager of the bank who was processing their application saw what was in the queue and he asked the loan processor, he said, is that Beckwith's organization? The guy said, yes. He said, give him the money. And the guy said, but I haven't done a bit of work on it. Give them the money. In fact, give it to them today. Give them an open credit as much as they need. Didn't that send chills down your spine? Or if you're a water sign like me, a little tear in your eye touches you emotionally. Is it possible? So that's what I presented to the team. And I got everybody on board agreeing that it was possible to move the snake. So we did two things there. Number one, we, I agreed consciously with the team and I thanked them, thanking them for pointing out that there was a hazard ahead that I was not consciously aware of. Second, allowed each of them to express their viewpoints. And third, rallied everybody that it was possible. Well, I left that session feeling so much better. I was calm. I was not certain because there's work to be done, but I was hopeful and I was at peace inside because we were all in agreement. Now, as this plan starts to unfold and execute, certainly one of the team members might go back to their original position and kind of be in the resistant, freak out, concerned, frightened mode, whatever you want to call it. But we can have a meeting, bring bring everybody back into alignment, because that's the key here is when you have everybody aligned, then that is full-on, all cylinders firing, subconscious programming turning into manifestation. That is when your whole being, inner and outer, will find the way. Now, there was one other piece. Remember I mentioned about 10 minutes ago, there was one other piece that we were going to add to the equation, and that is the divine source, the universe, however you want to label it. Let's call it God. 
And even in that, you know, even saying that, if God evokes some kind of reaction, try to neutralize that, because the real key to this is that we put this at the feet of the divine, and I'm saying father, mother, God, too, by the way. Uh, how did God ever get a monopoly on the the male gender? <laughs> I don't understand that. Uh, in fact, if you, uh, Majana had told me this, if you uh, dyslexic kids that see into that realm better than we do, always will say father, mother, God, at least somehow acknowledge the feminine. You know, Fred Dodson's work has turned in this direction over the last couple of years. I've noticed a distinct, more amplified tone to bringing the divine into all things. Before, he would mention and acknowledge it, but now it's really part of the fabric of his work. In fact, I saw a video just the other day where he was answering some questions, and somebody said, what is the fastest technique for manifestation. He's like, I get that one all the time. And basically the answer he said was that you take your desires and you lay them at the feet of the divine. You let God work it out. So that's the seventh component. And isn't it interesting that that one is number seven? (laughs) If you know the numerology around that, you know that seven is quite significant in the divine realm. But I do think that it's important that we put emphasis on that, in fact, significant emphasis, and that as we take all of this, then collectively our other six team members, as we've constructed this, then petition the divine together as one. So we are creating together. We are putting this into the universe together. If we were Wallace Waddles in The Secret Science of Getting Rich, we would say the formless substance. (laughs) It's all the same thing, guys. It's just a different label. And here we are saying that we present it to God, that infinite source that does, as Wallace Waddles said, fill and permeate and penetrate every space in the universe. When I was in Christian junior high school, We learned the attributes of God, and one of them was God is omnipresent. Well, think of that as Wallace Waddle said it, permeating every space, filling every nook and corner and cranny in the whole universe, connecting it all. That is what we are connecting with. What is especially powerful about this technique is it brings our whole inner being into one. And so we are coming united instead of divided. Yeah, we might have one of the one or two or three or five of the six team members might come dragging, kicking, and screaming. But if we can get to that point of possibility, then we can absolutely come as one. Now, to help you try this, I'm going to create next a meditation that we can use to connect to each of these bodies and then to bring them together, just like I talked about. The whole process will be packaged in a meditation, and that will be the next podcast. So hope this helps. This is very powerful stuff to heal these old wounds. I'll see you on the next episode with a meditation so that we can roll right in. I'm Thomas Miller. Thanks for listening. 
Enjoy the journey. The stories and opinions expressed on this podcast are independently those of the host and guests and are not intended to be taken as medical advice or to replace medical care from a licensed professional when appropriate. The stories and opinions expressed on this podcast are independently those of the host and guests and are not intended to be taken as medical advice or to replace medical care from a licensed professional when appropriate.